0: hello and welcome to foreign and domestic i'm your host ramon mile back from a summer break and who, it was a sweet one very very much needed but the the world never took a break so we have a lot of news to cover um with the american withdrawal and taliban takeover in afghanistan being without a doubt the largest news in the week i thought it would be good to give a brief outline of how we got to where we are now And political analysis on the current situation and what moves should be taken next. So as you probably already know, the inception point for the war on terror was September 11th. The World Trade Center terrorist attack perpetrated by 19 Al-Qaeda plane hijackers, 15 of which who were Saudis uh, and masterminded by Osama bin Laden. Um, In the immediate aftermath of the attacks, the United States formally responded by launching the war on terror and invading Afghanistan to depose the Taliban, which had not complied with U.S. demands to expel al-Qaeda from Afghanistan and extradite their leader, Osama bin Laden. Now, two years later, the war on terror expands by kicking off the Iraq war under the completely false pretense of Saddam Hussein possessing weapons of mass destruction and now we fast forward through 18 years of CIA lies, three presidencies full of omission and deception, uh, tens of thousands of lives lost and two trillion of today's dollars spent on the Afghanistan war alone. Here we are exactly where we started. Now, Joe Biden had initially set the full troop withdrawal from Afghanistan for September 11th, the anniversary uh 2021. And the Pentagon's task of removing service members and equipment out of Afghanistan uh, is nearly complete with the U.S. military mission slated to end by August 31st. The Taliban effectively sealed their control of Afghanistan today, pouring into the capital, Kabul, and meeting little resistance as President Ashraf Ghani fled the country. The government collapsed and chaos and fear gripped the city with tens of thousands of people trying to escape. Now, late in uh, Kabul's evening, uh, President Ghani, he, he actually just released a, re- a written statement on Facebook saying that he departed the country to save the capital from further bloodshed. He says, quote, today I was presented with a hard choice. I should stand to face the armed Taliban who wanted to enter the presidential palace or leave the dear country that I dedicated my life to protecting the past 20 years. If I stayed, countless countrymen would have been martyred and Kabul city would have been ruined, he added, in which case a disaster would have been brought upon this city of 5 million people. I should also mention that today President Biden increased the deployed troops to assist the evacuation of American personnel and allies from 3,000 to 5,000. Okay, so now that we have the facts on the ground established, we can get into the analysis. Um. And most, most of it's just media analysis because, <laughs> I mean, wow, the, the war hawking contrarian nature of American media has been in full swing for like a week straight now, um, if you've turned on the news, I'm sure you've seen it, it's been wall-to-wall coverage. Um, Now, talking heads have been just losing their fucking minds with arguments ranging from, you know, blaming Biden full on claiming, you know, oh, he should send 30,000 troops to defeat the Taliban right now Uh, uh, from, you know, then there's like investment logic folks saying like, whoa, we spent two trillion dollars. Are we going to throw away all this progress and leave? Uh, And then there's like you know, people making the moral argument that, you know, the social progress women have achieved in Afghanistan since the American invasion will all be lost overnight and that we should reinvade solely for those reasons. And, you know, none of that is persuasive. It's, it's all illogical bullshit because no matter how much seeing what is and what may happen in that country might pull at your heartstrings, or you may feel regret that all of the American lives and taxpayer dollars were a complete waste and, and walking away feels wrong. I'm here to tell you folks, it, it's not wrong. Uh You know, yes, the plight of social reform, such as women's freedom is real. Uh, yes, there will inevitably be violence and reprisals and, you know, probably beheadings and general economic instability. But I'm telling you, this is still the only real option we have. And I'll explain why. Um, if, if after, if after 20 years, The complete refurbishing of the Afghan military with planes, reconnaissance technology, special tactics training, modern equipment, and the bolstering of its ranks to more than, you know, over 300,000 strong isn't enough to stop an immediate takeover of their country in less than a month. It was never going to play out any different whether we pulled out five years after the invasion, 20 years or 50 years later. I mean, this is a civil war, folks. An intervening country isn't going to change the sentiment of the people who are willing to fight and kill to take control of their government back from those that they have these deep ideological divides with. I mean, there's a quote right here. Um, I heard it on uh, Rachel Maddow was interviewing uh, some, I think, a freshman congressperson in uh, in the House, uh, a Democrat, and he was in the military. He quoted it, and I I found it today on the Internet. Um, There's a quote. It's uh it's an Afghan proverb, but some Western analysts have credited credited it to the Taliban. It's uh quote, you have the watches, we have the time. And this has never been more true in the 21st century than this week. Um <laughs> I mean, holy shit, you want to talk about biding your time? I mean, we we just went from a slow drip drip withdrawal over the course of, you know, however many weeks and boom, they launched their offensive and we're talking like two weeks, folks. I mean, this, this is fucking fast. I mean, and it's to the point where, you know, I've read a bunch of other analysis. I'm not going to get into it too much here today because there's a ton of speculation from, you know, uh, people at like us central command, uh, you know, people who do war reporting, all this other stuff where, and I mean, some of it makes sense where, you know, people are speculating, like, okay, so there's obviously, like, people on the inside, um, inside the Afghan government assisting the Taliban here, which I'm sure, like, you know, that goes without saying, because um, there, there really isn't any way possible, you know, or there's, you know, people just literally, purposefully not in military command of the Afghan government, you know, and I've, I've read some stuff where, like, you know, there's, people who were supposed to be like holding certain cities. There were security forces uh, in certain cities that like, you know, they were getting like sent food rations. They, they, uh, this one, uh, unit got sent like a box of slimy potatoes and they were supposed to like eat that for a week, you know, shit like that. And, and the thing is like, if you're in a position where you're in the Afghan security forces and you know, America's leaving and like, you, you know, the Taliban are coming. And then like <laughs> the week of the invasion, you get sent from your logistical support a box of slimy fucking potatoes to eat for the whole week and you're like entrenched in a position. I mean, yeah, that, that's like almost on purpose. That doesn't even you know what I mean? Like, that's literally like there's someone people are just playing games like there there really isn't any other way. I mean, I have no way to confirm this. I haven't seen like I said, I've just read a ton of speculation, but, you know, you can probably assume that there's definitely like you know turncoat fuckery type of shit going on here so you know before we keep going with this you know i just i don't want to give the idea that it's like you know oh they just immediately rolled them like no there's a ton of desertion happening um there's probably a ton of uh there was probably a ton of insurgency in the military already itself you know the taliban uh which is basically sort of just like an amalgamation of a bunch of independent fighter forces that all fight under that flag, um, I'm sure have been embedded in the government, um, in the Afghan military for quite some time, Uh, you know, especially with the context of I actually I forgot to mention at the open of this, that Trump signed a deal with the Taliban last April, I believe it was 2020, where it was basically like, okay, the US will pull out as long as you don't attack. America or any of its allies in the region um which you know by all accounts they didn't they held off and you know they I mean that would be kind of dumb anyway I mean if you know that you're just going to roll in roll in and uh you know have a plan to just sweep the country literally capture almost every capital in less than a month why would you and you know give why would you give neocons in America that red meat to be like oh they killed one of our boys we got to go in you know what i mean so Hey, that's some discipline in that regard. They bided their time, and it's you know it's like that proverb I read. But um, I want to move on here to the defense of Joe Biden because um, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna give Joe Biden a ton of credit here because he has you know like I just said <laughs> he's been under an insane amount of pressure from the media, and when I say the media, I'm not just talking like you know Sean Hannity, Fox News people who obviously are you know he's their enemy, but you know even MSNBC, CNN, they've they've been having on A ton of ex-military, a ton of analysts, people at think tanks and stuff that, you know, basically are on, like, Lockheed Martin's fucking payroll uh, going on TV and just, you know, being like, oh, this was handled poorly. You know, they're not, especially, like, on CNN and MSNBC, they're not attacking Biden directly, but they're definitely, like, mumbling and being like, oh, this is a fuck-up. But they're not saying his name. The right-wingers are saying his name. You know what I mean? Um, But... Yeah, he's kind of out in the water alone right now. Uh, not a ton of defense. Um, but so, yeah, so President uh, Joe Biden, he, he came out uh, on Tuesday this week and said he doesn't regret his decision to withdraw uh, from Afghanistan. Uh, he says, quote, he said, quote, look, we spent over a trillion dollars over 20 years. We trained and equipped with modern equipment over 300,000 Afghan forces, Biden told reporters at the White House. Uh, He continues, quote, Afghan leaders have to come together. They have to fight for themselves, fight for their nation. Now, Secretary of State Antony Blinken said today that the Biden administration was in a no-win situation because President Trump signed an agreement with the Taliban last year that set a May 1st conditions-based deadline to withdraw all remaining U.S. troops from Afghanistan. Mr. Blinken also blamed the utter failure of U.S.-backed Afghan military forces to defend their country. He said, quote, it happened more quickly than anticipated. Um, Now, before we continue with his quote in this article, this is from the New York Times, by the way, um, I call bullshit on that. You know, he's like, oh, it happened more quickly than anticipated. So since this surge began, uh, this Taliban surge began, there's been a lot of, you know, people rewinding and looking back through the history of. What our intelligence services, what our military had been telling us, you know, what they're reporting to the public across the last, you know, the course of this 20 fucking year war. um, And it, it's just like every other war of any type of, uh, you know, modern context in America where we were fed lies and bullshit, where it was like, oh, yeah, the Afghan military is performing so well, all this blah, 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 blah. You know, there's a ton of there's just go Google it you know, look into the, all of this. Uh, I didn't include it all here in my show notes, but there are dozens of examples of, you know, just complete false reporting happening f- directly from the military back to our government. Not even just like them talking to the media. Um, you know, where it'd be like, there's literally an article, um, where it's like, Oh, they forgot to, we, we miscalculated the number of, uh, uh air air power that the afghan military actually had you know for like it was like over the course of years and then like uh some investigative report in like 2013 broke it and it turned out it was just like a lie for three years but it was for a couple years but it was a lie on paper that was done with the purpose of making it seem as if the afghan military was stronger than it actually was because remember folks All those in-between years that we spent in Afghanistan were training and outfitting the Afghan military to be able to, you know, like, defend itself and uh, keep terrorist cells existing in their country at bay so America could eventually leave. Like, you know, the quote-unquote leave. Like, that was never in the plans of these people because at the same time that, you know, all these folks attached to the military-industrial complex, the people high up in our actual military... Uh, intelligence folks, you know, the, that was the whole point. Like, you know, they feed you these feel good, like, you know, they give a couple good quote, couple hot quotes on uh, MSNBC or, the you know, Washington Post or something like, oh, yeah, look at this great job we're doing here, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, oh, it could be so much better. And, you know, the world would be so much safer if we just had, you know, oh, we uh, they need, you know, five more fighter jets. And if we can do a little more uh, special tactics training, you know what I mean? You know, it's all about money. You know, that that is what That's how we stayed on this path for so long. That's that's why so many Americans even forgot we were in Afghanistan, because we pivoted from it being, you know, a hot war surging. The Taliban recoiled pretty quickly um, in the years following the initial invasion of Afghanistan you know, there wasn't like, it was all just guerrilla fighting and there was a lot of quiet time in between then. You know what I mean? Uh, the, you know, like 2003 when we, uh, invaded Iraq, which became, you know, the center, the, the, uh, the main focus of the, the, the war on terror. And, you know, I feel like a lot of America just fell asleep on Afghanistan. Uh, and it was, it was done that way purposefully. You know what I mean? It was sort of a perfect pivot where we were all lied into the Iraq war. Uh, you know weapons of mass destruction all that jazz and at the same time Afghanistan was a huge money maker where you know you go read all the articles of american soldiers protecting poppy fields um uh being uh doing security and money runs for you know fucking drug warlords and shit in the country you know um you know typical stuff but I mean, for some people it might be new and it might be shocking, but, um, you know, there's a lot to understand around these topics when you get into foreign policy, especially when you're talking about the Middle East, but you know, it's, you know, (laughs) you, you have to go into all these things, like when it's being reported in real time, extremely skeptical and looking at everything with sort of, you know, a crooked eye and being like, all right, well, let me see what, what actually backs this up, um, but so let's go. Let's continue here. I, I digressed hard there. Um. So Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, uh, to continue his quote, he said, quote, the fact of the matter is, had the president decided to keep forces in Afghanistan beyond May 1st, attacks would have resumed on our forces, he told CNN. The Taliban had not been attacking our forces or NATO during the period from which the agreement was reached to May 1st. OK, so to continue on with his, uh, analyzing that quote there, he, in the first part of his quote, he said the Biden administration was put into a no-win situation because of the, the, the deal Trump signed with the Taliban last year. Okay. So how are you in a no-win situation? If according to what you just said in that quote, you're confirming that the Taliban hadn't attacked our forces from that point of that treaty all the way till May 1st. That's a, That means it worked. That means it's a good thing. What conditions would these people actually think Trump's going to get out of a guerrilla uh, um, unit made up of independent fighting forces? Like, what was he going to get from them? That was all we should have gotten because that was the whole point was, hey, we're going to be here and help like, (laughs) you know, they're the whole I Oh, we're nation building while we're finishing up our quote unquote nation building just don't attack any americans and everything's cool. They they did that. That should have been the only thing. Like what else Anthony Blinken? Like what what other condition do you think would have even been agreed to or like it, from our perspective, ideally would you have even wanted? You know what I mean? I what like oh uh you guys have to form a democracy and there have to be elections. They would have never accepted that. You know who I I, listen, I get it. Everybody wants to blame whichever president was in control of this shit, um, you know, whenever it goes bad. And, you know, Biden's taking a lot of that heat right now. And but in that same fashion, like, no, I don't agree with with, what Anthony Blinken's quote here, where he's like, oh, I'm blaming uh, Trump where, hey, you know what? I give Trump credit because at least he fucking was planning to get out, man. You know what I mean? His whole party. He took he took heat for that shit from a lot of neocons and establishment Republicans. He went against the grain in his own party for that. Um, anytime a Republican does that, I'm gonna give him credit. I'm gonna give him the carrot because that's a good thing. I don't give a fuck about conditions. You need to leave the country. That's it. It was game set match over a decade ago, bro. Like it, it doesn't even what were what more, Anthony Blinken? Like, what else do you think could have been squeezed from that stone? Like, I just I don't understand it. Um and it's honestly, you know, it's insulting to our intelligence that it's like, you know, these politicians will go in the media and like have these quotes on either side and be like, oh, I blame Biden. Oh, I blame Trump. No, it's ridiculous because largely, um, a lot of what happened at the inception of all this was, you know, George Bush's dumbass getting lied to by, uh, you know, the, <laughs> our security services and intelligence and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like. Who are the people that are really to blame for all this? But that put us in an impossible situation where you couldn't pull out, you know, as much as these people talk about, oh, you gotta save face on the world stage, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, once you're in Afghanistan, um, once you're in Iraq, under these, you know, dubious pretenses. I mean, you know, the the invasion of Afghanistan was supposed to be uh, you know, because Al Qa Al-Qaeda was you know, harboring the terrorists from 9-11. But like, okay, so once they went gone in the wind and we knew years later that like they were like in Pakistan, they weren't even in the country, you stayed. And why did you stay? Because you rolled a bunch of our boys in and they kept getting fucking killed. So then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point. And that's why, like I just said, no, Trump deserves a ton of credit for that treaty because he was immediately putting, he was putting us in a position. Now, granted, He didn't do it. um, He didn't actually do the pullout as quickly as I would have liked, but at least he signed a treaty and sort of forced Biden's hand here. And, you know, that's actually something I didn't think of when I was writing down the analysis of all this. You know, Biden's hand was somewhat forced, but honestly, seeing how adamant he's being in the media with these quotes and everything like, no, I, I think this is honestly something that he was like, you know, no, fuck that. I'm getting out. I don't care what anyone says. And I give him a ton of credit for that. To continue the, just to finish up that Anthony Blinken quote, he he says, uh, quote, the offensive you're seeing across the country now to take these provincial capitals would have commenced and we would have been back at war with the Taliban. I would have probably uh, be on this program today explaining why we were sending tens of thousands of Americans back into Afghanistan and back to war, something the American people simply don't want. So, yeah, I just, again, why are you criticizing Trump then? Because he set you up as an administration, you coming in, you know for your pullout and that's actually he gave you an, an excuse like he, he signed a deal so again like it's sort of weird that, like that's gonna slide by the you know uh politically inept uh media consumer but really it's like well you should be like i get it you don't want to give credit to the guy because you know you're mortal fucking enemies or whatever You you, you cannot speak well of the previous administration when you're coming in but at the very least, like, come on, stop gaslighting us. Don't don't gaslight us. Like, just don't say Trump. You know what I mean? Like, just you don't have to give him credit. But Jesus Christ, like you're at the same time, you're saying like, oh, he fucked up and shouldn't have did that. But then it's like, OK, but we had to pull out. So what was supposed to happen? We what we were supposed to just trust and believe that, oh, there's a Democrat coming in and you'll pull out of Afghanistan. Oh, oh watch. He'll do it. You know, Obama had fucking chances. He didn't do it. You know what I mean? Uh, so no, fuck that. Give Trump credit. I'm sick of this shit. That's bullshit. There's very few things the man deserves credit for, and that's certainly one of them. Um, now, uh, and now Biden hasn't received much vocal support directly from congressional Democrats on this withdrawal, probably due to political calculation. Um, now mo- most Democrats who've commented in the media mostly speak on the evacuation efforts and bemoaning the trajectory of social reforms in Afghanistan but this is completely the wrong play folks um republicans are in unified voice dunking on Biden's withdrawal every chance they get in the media mitch mcconnell's comparing it to the fall of saigon other people are bringing up benghazi you know th- this isn't benghazi this isn't saigon this was a complete and utter long-term failure that never had an Ice Cube's chance of hell of turning out any differently, and 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 Democrats should be circling the fucking wagons uh, for Biden on this, because a it's strategically the correct thing for people to the left of Joe Biden to give him credit for following through on an anti-war promise, and b because the midterms are coming and and half of them. Half of these uh, congressional Democrats are running under Biden's wing rather than, you know, a progressive agenda or, you know, uh, putting front and forward, you know, a lot of this stuff Bernie's been championing, Uh, you know, look at the uh, the Nina Turner race, you know, perfect example. There's 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 been special elections. There's a way that people are uh, um, positioning themselves for the midterms where, you know, you see Democratic strategists talking about it openly in the media where they're like, oh, well you know, we're just going to run on Biden, you know, just Biden. We support Biden uh, because that, you know, that's safe. A lot of them are in districts that he won overwhelmingly. But it's like, okay, so if that's your strategy right now, you should be immediately circling the wagons on something that he's right on. First of all, you know, and second off, again, your political future is tied to his right now. Like you need to take every opportunity you can to big him up if that's what you're going to do. If you're not going to like, you know, be like, oh, hey, I'm an actual progressive. You just want to hide behind the president then what are you doing? It it just doesn't make any sense. But, you know, I've had plenty of criticism for Biden these last few months on this show, but this is the biggest thing I'll give him credit for because honestly, for the long-term outlook of the Overton window on foreign policy, this is more important than any of the legislation that he's suggested or that has passed this year. Um, You know, for a guy who was a complete war hawk, for the guy who wrote the crime bill, not caving to pressure when the entire media has been dogpiling him for a week on <laughs> pulling out of Afghanistan. I mean, it's great. This is a good thing. Um, you know, I'd like to see, um, you know, I'm sure that it's possible I missed stuff, but I'd like to see more prog- uh, more of the Progressive Caucus, you know, speaking up. I mean, like, no, fuck that. Joe did the right thing. You know what I mean? Back him. Show him that you can support him when he does the things that you know are correct on foreign policy, that you know are correct for what's going to make your ideological wing of the party more popular you know, let these fucking waffling centrists and shit visibly be seen to be breaking with Biden on this, or at the very least not saying anything. You know what I mean? Um, cause who knows? Like you might remember that. You know what I mean? Not, I mean, not saying anything. I wouldn't count on Joe Biden to be an ally to you know, the, the uh, progressive caucus, but you know, take it, take the chances when you can, because the thing is at the end of the day, it costs those centrists something. they have to decide. They don't know where this is going to fall in the end. Who knows? Like The fucking embassy could be like overrun tomorrow and a bunch of American diplomats killed. That's why they're not saying anything. Um, But no, like you being a leftist in Democratic Party, like, no, you have nothing to lose here because the president's doing something that fits your agenda, something that, you know, every lefty should be talking anti-war. Hey, let's get the fuck out of the Middle East with every chance they get whenever these topics come up. And then when the president does it, you know, you flank him. You'd be like, yeah, oh, shit. Okay, yep, I support this. I support this. And, you know, you you push that window further left, man. And the thing is, at the end of the day, the American people have been tired of this shit. So this isn't even, like, these centrist Democrats who are, like, calculating and being, like, oh, rubbing their hands together. Like, oh, I'm worried because something might happen, but I don't want to support him, but I'm running under him. Like, you know, that's, again, don't, don't, don't worry on issues that you know, A, you're right on, and B, you have the support of the American public.